Welcome to Theory of Conspiracy. A couple of northern lads from the UK discuss plots, cover-ups, and the unexplainable. Hi, I'm Andy the Skeptic. Hello, I'm Carlos. I believe. If you would like to support the podcast, please talk about this with your friends or give us a review on iTunes. You can comment or contribute at TheoConPod. That's at T-H-E-O-C-O-N-P-O-D. Or check the link in the podcast description. Hello Theocons, welcome to Season 2 of Theory of Conspiracy. Andy and Carlos are back. Today is Wednesday the 13th of January 2021. If you're all caught up on previous episodes, you'll have heard us mention that we're having guests on board for Season 2. Well, some of the episodes at least. I keep calling it an interview. It's not really an interview. It's, it's, a, it's a chat with a guest, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> Sounds formal that, doesn't it, interview? Yeah. There's also the opportunity to be involved in the recordings by joining our Twitch channel, which is recording every Wednesday evening. So even if you're listening to this way in the future, come and check that out and hear the current podcast recording or one of our general social chats where any topic goes. If you've listened to the end of season one and the bonus episodes, what did you think? Did you like the Carlos show? I think that was bonus episode two. <laughs> a little laugh from Carlos there. <laughs> And if you have, you'll also have heard some examples of the live stream interaction, so you know what to expect. So tonight in the live stream, we've got Mr. Paris, Matthew Dale 147, Commander Kremen. Kate's just jumped on. Hi, Kate. This is the news. We've got an iTunes review, and I said I'd read them all out. So this is from Crimulus08, titled The Parliament of Facebook. Three stars for the guy doing his research. None for the guy making conspiracy theory lovers look like morons. Facts based on what someone <laughs> said on Facebook. I love conspiracies, but this guy is laughable. Right, Carlos, that definitely <laughs> deserves talking about because when I read that, three guys, three stars for the guys doing his research sounds like me. But facts on what facts based on what someone said on Facebook also says like me. If you listen to the COVID episodes, because I'm. But I'm you know, basically fighting against facts that I was sent on Facebook. So both of those sound like me. I've no idea which one is me. The guy doing the research or the guy making conspiracy theories look like conspiracy theory lovers look like morons. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I don't know if it was aimed at me or you or both of us. It's probably it's probably aimed at me really, probably. So I'm probably the well researched one. Yeah, definitely well researched one me. <laughs> but you know, I I read it. <laughs> and, well, and I, well, so I'm the one making people look like idiots. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> yeah. Because I don't do, I don't communicate much on people with uh, on Facebook. So I don't know, I don't know. But I think it's probably aimed at me, you know, because he's probably he loves conspiracies. So he's probably talking about the way I talk about the but, conspiracies. But that's it. I, 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 he loves conspiracies. But I, so I like to diss him. I'm not sure. I'd love Crimulus. He's probably not listening with a three star rating. But what what about the chat room? Who's who? Is Andy the guy doing his research, or is it Carlos? Well, the thing, all my research is done through years of reading from the age of uh, since I was a kid. So all all this research to me is like everything I know is not something I've read on the back of a like a Kellogg's box. It's all books I've read, documentaries, uh, in 
myths passed down from father to son kind of thing. So everything I know is is read or researched or or some or watched on TV. But anyway, regardless, three stars, one star, no star, five stars. Yeah, love it, love it. It's it's got it's got us talking, hasn't it? Hi, Bobby. Bobby's joined us on the chat room. Hi, Bobby. Okay, so Facebook post. There is a Facebook post that we need to talk about. Sharon left us a comment on our competition post saying, um, just listen to the last COVID podcast from from an NHS worker. I'd actually like to slap Carlos across the face. <laughs> I told her that I said I'd make sure that you get it. Unfortunately, we can't meet face to face. So she's put, uh, good, give him a good shake. The doctors that have worked through COVID are heroes and some have lost their lives. They should be respected, not accused of such ludicrous actions as putting someone on a ventilator to hit targets, ran over. The question, the answer to that is, I never questioned people's work ethic. I was questioning the behind the scenes, sometimes target-driven. Obviously, we're not going to talk about COVID tag, but that's what oh, I was talking yeah, about. We don't, we, don't, we don't want to get into it, but it definitely, when I kept saying to you, and, and I can't I imagine most of it was on the editing room floor with me saying, Carlos, people <laughs> are not putting people on ventilators to hit targets. I must have said it a hundred times. Okay, so... Talking to Facebook, uh, yep, we are still running a t-shirt competition. If you listen to this and you think you might have missed it, or you think that the uh, the odds of winning it uh, way out far the effort of logging onto Facebook and uh, and having a look at the post and seeing how to enter, then definitely think again because as of the recording, we've only had about fifteen entries, so the odds are pretty good. You got a one in fifteen <laughs> chance of winning yourself a t-shirt. As far as the end date for the uh, for the podcast. Again, for people that are, maybe are listening to this in a couple of weeks' time, uh, it's probably going to run for the whole of season two. Can't nail down a date on how long that's going to take because um, normally we do do an episode every two weeks, but you know it's COVID. We've we've also got guests lined up for certain episodes, so it's all about trying to get hold of those guys as well. And they don't all live in the same country, so there's time zone issues and things yeah. to worry about. So. I, we can't promise it will be every two weeks. So, we yeah, we can't. It's pretty hard to put an end date on it. So pop over to Facebook, have a look. And if the post's still there, then uh, then you know you're still you're still in the running. If you don't like the, uh, the logos that are available, feel free to send me an image and request an image. If you're the winner, I'm happy to uh, do a bespoke image. And we change the image every single week for the live stream. So we've got a bit of a weird spacey time time tunnels thing going on at the moment so um so yeah any picture pretty much goes as long as i can get it past the censorship and uh <laughs> last but not least uh hope you're enjoying the podcast if you are share the love and uh if you're an amazon prime member then come and give us a sub on twitch it's absolutely free because you you're already paying for it, it costs you nothing just just google it listen up this is the main bit i'm going to put a video up of I keep calling it an interview. It's not an interview. Um, it's just more of a, a special guest chat sort of thing. Um, the topic is time travel. The chat we recorded for about an hour and 50 minutes, and I've managed to cut it down to an hour and six. <laughs> so uh, so we'll get on with it. Just going to say, right. it was great to be, it's great to be back on season two. And like yeah. you just said, we could have gone on for hours, but 
yeah, it was great having a three-way conversation. That was so, uh, I really yeah. enjoyed it. So hopefully you enjoy it as well. Right, so it's Saturday the 9th of January 2021 and we'd like to welcome our special guest for this episode. Some people say he's known as the Pool King of Warrington and that he owns a fusion-powered DeLorean and he's known to have the power of love. All we know <laughs> is he's called... <laughs> well, before I reveal any more details, let me conduct a quick tinfoil hat rating with a litmus <laughs> test I've devised. I've got three yes or no questions so that the listener can gauge your tinfoil hat rating from a scale of 0 to 10. So in one word, binary answers only, that's yes or no, was 9-11 an inside job? No. Did we land on the moon? Yes. Do you believe aliens and spaceships have visited Earth? Uh... Yes or Ooh. no? Ooh. You're going to have to try and convince me. Sorry. So is it a no? It's a no at this moment in time. Okay. Oh, but there's just scored. room for me. there's room. There's room there. I like it. There is, there is room. room. There is room. Yeah, definitely. But I just need convincing. Okay, you have scored one and a half out of ten. That's not my uh, best. That's not my best ever skill. Is it not? Well, <laughs> you want to be zero. So I'm a zero because I don't believe in any of that. Let me guess. Carlos is a ten. Carlos is a ten. You're absolutely. Right. <laughs> Carlos off the scale. <laughs> no. Well, uh, I, I'm I, I'm I'm waiting for a guest to try and get ten, and we'll see. So the, okay. the only uh, the only off the scale is my weight at the moment. That's it. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> okay, with a tinfoil hat rating of one point five, and bearing in mind that according to recent stats, the podcast gets literally more than one listener per week. Do you want to tell us who you are and what you do, or would you rather name, remain anonymous? Yeah, so I'm Matt. I work in the fire game. So I'm basically a professional arsonist. Um, I've been doing that 23 years. I've got a big interest in space and time travel, but I'm not an expert. So please bear with me if I do get something wrong. We, we might need a fact check Fran on, on one or two things, but I'll, I'll give it my best go. All right, I don't think anyone is coming here for expert advice. Um, I'm definitely not an expert. I just like to think about uh, things logically. Speak for yourself. Carl, I'm an expert. Exactly. I'm an expert. There we go. <laughs> Carl is an expert. There we go. Do you want? Would you like to tell us something interesting about yourself that only one or a few people might know about you? Right. So there's, I guess, something where lots of people should know about it, but maybe not that it was me. Uh, and that was that I once stopped the largest cruise ship ever built from sailing. And what cruise, what cruise ship's that? I like that. It was I like the Queen that. Mary 2. The Queen Mary, the Queen 2. Mary 2. And what did you do, stand in front of it, waving a flag? I uh, used my mental powers and uh, prevented it from <laughs> moving. No. Um, basically, uh, in my line of work, um, the pr a product on board wasn't safe. And due to me being filmed at the time by the BBC uh, and making the six o'clock news, I proved to the world that the product was very unsafe and therefore the ship was stuck uh, was stopped and stuck in port. Okay. What until they refixed whatever it was, was it? Until we spent about thirty million quid getting the the issue resolved. <laughs> and and I bet that was uh, thirty million pounds worth of stickers to stick on whatever appliance it was to stop to say this is a fire risk. <laughs> 
Well, if you, if you take a long story short, it wasn't really a fire risk because it was the bathroom shower unit that was made from the wrong material. Right. And if you think about it, if there's a fire in the shower, you turn the shower on. So not a major concern. <laughs> can, can, uh, can, I, can I ask you a question there, Matt? Because that's quite interesting. Obviously, I didn't know that, hence why you've said it. But were you under a lot of pressure to uh, sort of oversee that and just like in, turn the blind eye to it? Or were people going... Well done, Matt. I'm glad you spotted that. Well, who says, do you really? Or could were people putting pressure on you to sort of oversee it, basically, and turn a blind eye? No, not at all. Basically, there was um, a company who was um, in place producing products to go on the Queen Mary, and you know it was quite a long story. But to cut it short, um, the the guy who had the contract was taken off the job, and the job was given to somebody else who had basically was either using the wrong materials to produce the product, which were not fire retardant, or had forged uh, a certificate um, to, to get their product on board ship. The first guy wasn't too happy about it and contacted the BBC, uh, who then sent a reporter to the ship uh, and came. Basically, the first thing I knew, they turned up my, at my business um, with a product and a, a film crew along with the head of Cunard, the owners of the ship, uh, Bureau Veritas, the Maritime Coast Guard Agency, and various other people. And they filmed me uh, burning the product uh, to see what the performance was like. And of course, uh, it was terrible. And therefore, um, everybody then went into a room. And I was left, because I was only junior in the business at the time. Um, so I was left with a film crew outside. And I said, basically, what's going to happen now? And he said, well, watch the news tonight. And it was that fast. We got it onto the six o'clock news. This was the time of the first Iraq war. So it, it was the headline bulletin as well. So it beat the Iraq war in wow. terms of uh, getting in, in there first. And, and there was my face uh, yeah. with my machine burning this product. <laughs> it just goes to show there, because I bet Carlos was wanted to, wanted to know, you know, with something like that, and whenever something like that happens in the news or whenever we talk about it on our conspiracy theories... <laughs> One of Carlos's is, and, and Nick as well. It's like, well, you, you've got you imagine the pressure that guy's under there to say yes and just put it through because of how much how many millions are riding on it. Yeah, that didn't even factor into it. It was just, you know, you, you, you something came along. You would have to do a quick job. You know, you know, obviously they, they obviously bumped up your list, didn't they? You turned up and said, "Can you do this today?" You went, "Yeah, sure, you can." You did your job. You went, "Here's the rating." They took the results away and they went, well, based on them results, it's not safe. So end off, you're grounded till you fix it. I don't think everything's a conspiracy, Andy. I don't think, you know, there is things that just have, you know, it's just a day job kind of thing. And and Matt did a fantastic day job because potentially probably send, save thousands of thousands of people's lives. So, no, that's uh, not everything I think is seen as a conspiracy theory. Time travel. We're going to talk about time travel in a second because it sounds a, a fun episode. And it just so happens that Matt, you grabbed that one. And uh, for the listeners, um, yeah, Matt is actually my brother. And I'm pretty sure I might have mentioned him when we were discussing 9-11, but I can't remember if it made the cut on the podcast or not. But I mean, I'm always trying to use you as evidence when I talk to Nick about the the Twin Tower fires. But let's let, let's park it and let's park it and come back to it. And um, just one point on that. You don't need to use me as evidence. You need to use the evidence as evidence. Well, I've tried that. I've tried that, but they won't, they won't believe that. So, so. Well, I, I can explain exactly what happened, and you know that's, yeah, that's my. But, but I don't think. I still think Nick won't believe that because 
he can't get his he, he just can't get his head around. He thinks he's on the side of real world physics, and I know we're digressing. He thinks he thinks he's got his head around real world physics, and that the towers should have fell over at a ninety degree angle sideways because he's not really got his head around real world physics. But you can't tell him that because he thinks he has. So it doesn't. So I've I've often mentioned you, Matt. Because I've gone, look, my brother works with fire. My brother's bent steel with fire in office in office temperatures and blah, blah, blah. That's what I do. This is exactly what he, well, he won't believe me. And he won't believe you when you tell him that either. He just goes, he just goes, yeah, but the Twin Towers had to be something else. He just, anyway, let's, let's pick that back up. Let's, let's talk about some time travel. So let's <laughs> start off with the, a fun one. I sent you guys some pictures uh and we are going to share these with the guys on live stream that are listening to the uh listening to this interview go out and for podcast listeners we're going to put these on to all our social media channels and they're going to be on the youtube version and the live stream version of this podcast if you want to check that out and actually see these but what i'll do is i will describe the images as best i can okay so picture number one is a picture of uh, someone in a black top hat uh, and in their left hand they're holding up something to their ear as if they're talking on a mobile phone. This is actually uh, a photograph of a uh, frame captured when they were recording Charlie Chaplin's 1928 film, um, The Circus. It was a silent film back in those days. We didn't have audio. Um, And yeah, it it looks like a, a lady dressed all in black wearing a hat and walking around the set talking on a mobile phone is that evidence of a time traveler no uh, no it's it's a, it's an interesting um debate it's an interesting picture and it's an interesting conversation but this is one of about 100 i've seen though this is just one example so there's loads of these you must have seen these carlos there's loads of these yeah i've, I've seen these before andy and for, for me somebody's put the hand up to scratch the the hair underneath the hat and the hand is in the position where you would nowadays this, hold yeah the but this this was a film this wasn't on the, on this one in the actual film you actually see them walking for a few seconds with the hand in a static position like that you don't see them lift the hand down or up they just walk they're walking around with the hand up like that against the face there's, there's, there's been uh, suggestions it could have been some kind of I can't remember what I don't know I can't remember China Ch- Charlie Chaplin was at the 20s 20s and 30s, Charlie Chapman, yeah, even yeah. probably earlier than that. Would, would handheld radios exist then? Small radios. I know oh, Edison was. So I don't, the only thing I can think of is some kind of. It could have been some kind of hearing aid. I don't know. I'm, I'm just. I'm just guessing. It's an like interesting those debate. Horn things they used to have those little horns. They used to have. It's like a horn, wasn't it? That they put. Yes, in there's little. It could have been something like a hearing aid. But it's it's the uh, because it looks like if you to if if you uh, transported that picture and put it down Market Street, you would say that woman is on her mobile phone one hundred percent. Because obviously yeah. we're going we're going back a hundred years ago, we can't say that, and that's why it's an interesting debate because the the uh, the features, the way the, the the lady's standing, the way she's walking, the the way she's holding the device, it looks like she's holding a mobile phone. Because it looks the way we would hold a mobile phone, and that's why it's given it uh, some kind of credence. Would they have earphones back in those days? So listening to the recording, uh, well, if it's Charlie Chaplin, it, it, no, it, 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 it was a silent film. It was a silent uh, film. The, the, yeah. the only thing I could think of is just I just thought of it then. It could be some kind of a hearing aid. 
Yeah. Could be a hearing aid. Yeah. Super glue accident. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, d- I mean, I don't have an explanation, but yeah, doesn't. For me, it's not evidence that there's time travelers caught on film for that one anyway. The the, the next image is in uh, Salamanca in Spain. There's a cathedral covered in sculptures, uh, all carved into the sides and into the pillars. Yes. And the, the image you've got there, without a doubt, does look like a modern day spaceman astronaut. Yes. Suit, helmet and everything. So the, the cathedral was constructed in 1513. Okay. For, for me on that one, that could be explained by a diver, a diver suit. Um, yeah. Typically, they went over the head and the shoulders and down the body, and there was normally a large uh, pipe which supplied air to them. Yeah, um, and that is a big, it, pretty big pipe in it that, that's coming up yeah. into like his midriff. But when was this created? You said 500 years ago. The the cathedral construction uh, construction was uh, I, I don't know when it was completed but its construction started in 1513 maybe i'm not sure of that date it could have been the uh, it was probably the start of construction rather than the end i reckon it's been added to over the years what what's your gut on that carlos what do you think about that the the pack on the front of the sort of let's call it an astronaut it looks like an astronaut to me it, it that looks like it's some kind of electronics device um it dep- all, de- all depends would be when was that carving created if it was created 20 30 years ago th- that answers that question but if this carving was say 150 200 years ago then you start thinking where was this um, where was this uh, vision where did it come from where was the aspiration where did it come from they're the kind of questions because it's it's very difficult for an artist to go mm, i'm just going to put some kind of helmet and a breathing apparatus, and it's just—it's just—it's clearly the the artist behind it, or the uh, the mason, or, or stone carver, what what you call him. He was definitely inspired by something, either by a vision, or a dream, or some kind of premonition. And that's the bit where sometimes these things can be premonitions, because like all of us are all, by the sounds of all of us are all like eight-year-old boys inside men's bodies. When I, when you, if I said to you draw a picture and do what you want. You probably put like space rockets on it and machine guns coming out of it. That's what we do when we're drawing pictures. <laughs> That's what we do. And artists are the same. They're so creative. So this could be some dream you had, or some premonition, or story of uh, ETs visiting our planet and stuff like that. But it's it's an it all depends when this carving was done. Let me stop you there. So yeah, I like your I like your train of thought there at the end where you went. Oh, it could have been ETs visiting us rather than a, than a, than a glimpse into the future. There's a little bit more information that was holding back on this picture. Okay. So a lot of people do ban this photo around. Apparently, that it's proof that time travelers made their way back to that time and started carving. Why they would do that, I'm not sure. However, the uh, the truth is that the astronaut it is an astronaut. Uh, is a modern addition to the artwork and it was carried out by you might like this it's carried out by a guy called uh geronimo garcia oh <laughs> geronimo garcia de quintones that explains everything and it was <laughs> during, it was during <laughs> the renovations done in 1992 so uh, yeah you know it was definitely after the 60s and stuff and also looking at that the weathering on it if that yeah. was done in, in the 1514 
uh, sorry, fifteen, sixteen hundreds even. The weathering on it, it's it's too it's too clear. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 been proven to be a fake one. That one. Just just to to add my thoughts to that, I know the diving suit was invented in seventeen ten, that kind of area era. So yeah, is it the yeah, one where they used I mean, to float down? They used to put like uh, copper on their yeah. feet and they used to drop down to the bottom and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. like yeah, I've, I think I've seen uh, pictures of it where they just literally it, it was like a visor on the face and they just locked the visor down. I also sent a picture of a time traveling celebrity. Um, yes, is that Richard fact, Fallon you, or something, or Jimmy Fallon? It's Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, it's okay, Jimmy yeah, Fallon um, on the right. Uh, on the right, and on the left, it's uh, it's time traveler Jimmy Fallon who's gone back <laughs> to. Uh, apparently, the photograph is from 1946. So, okay. um, and it looks. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely a resemblance there for sure. Um, but actually. The photograph is a known photograph, and it's actually of a guy um, called Mikhayan, who was a Marxist-Leninist revolutionary leader, uh, and he was born in 1946 and died in 1972. So, I mean, and it's not that far to go back, but obviously it was far enough that it was like black and white picture. It looks like uh, uh, Second World War time here. And I was saying this one off on the internet's you know, saying that this is the same guy. Is this one of the the rumors? Yeah, basically that's what they're saying. I mean, this this is just this is just one example. Uh, Carlos, you shared on social media ages ago, like uh, yeah, about about, about fifteen twenty pictures. Yeah, I got uh, Barack Obama. There was uh, Kanye West. There was Jay Z, uh, Eddie Murphy. Loads of and literally all the famous people you can think of. The the one thing I do know, uh, and this is scientifically, they say. On this planet now, there's three people that look like Andy, uh, Andy himself. So Andy himself, and there could be someone in the Amazon rainforest, and then someone in in deep Africa. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me. And the same applies to me, and the same applies to you, Matt, as well. So I, c- I can imagine that because there's only so many shapes and sizes our we can create of ourselves. So there will be because I say I could show you a picture of my grandfather, and when I seen it, I thought that's me. That's me, but it's not. It's my grandfather, and it, it could be it could be used as me as a try. It's basically me, the way. It, and my dad says, "Wow." Unless you were yet to time travel, go back into time and live to an old man and get your photograph taken, so that you can that's, now see it as a younger man. <laughs> that's that's the clever thing. So we, I know we're, we're talking about time travel, but mathematically, time travel is possible. It's the thing is we, as of yet, want to say, yeah, the way you and I and Andy and all that talk, we we can't think about it, but I think the, the facilities are there to time travel at the moment. Let's let's come back to the mathematics. One last picture. Uh, yes. And I, I've not got it in front of me, but I did send it to you. So one last picture is the Egyptian hieroglyphics. Yes. Um, Looks like a heli- helicopter and all that kind of stuff. Helicopter, UFO and stuff. Yeah, that, that's one I can't explain. They, they do look like um, futuristic craft, don't they? Yeah. Uh, one looks like a, a posh speedboat, and uh, there is a resemblance to a helicopter, um, an airship maybe, or a flying saucer. Uh, there's, there's a couple of things you can... Uh, this doesn't explain time travel, 
This all says to me, it's a couple of things. It could mean, yeah, time travel. The other thing, which I think the more logical one is, we're, we're not discovering technology. We are just re, uh, reinventing technology. So I read books where the ancient Egyptians were doing heart transplant, brain transplant, four or 5,000 years ago. And they had all this wealth of knowledge written down in the Library of Alexandria. And when the Romans sacked Alexander, they literally destroyed all that, uh, all their um, papyrus uh, knowledge and literally wiping out anything between 95, 96, 97% of the world's knowledge, sending us back five, ten thousand 10,000 years. I like, I like that train of thought. I do like that train of thought. You're absolutely right. Again, you could even say maybe they were told by, by visitors from outer space. I like that. It doesn't have to mean it's time travel. You're absolutely right, Carlos. I do actually know something about this photo. Proper scientists and people that look into hieroglyphs and whatever they're called, archaeologists, have actually worked out that um, when, I mean, Egypt has been, been invaded a couple of times, not just Romans, but other other villages and stuff. I can't remember what the tribes are called, but they, they the tribes that invaded and ended up taking power of Egypt actually um, ended up be, building their own pyramids um, down in um, Africa or wherever it was from. I cannot remember the, what they were called. But what they used to do, is they would deface hieroglyphics and statues and stuff and put their own stuff on. And archaeologists, archaeologists have looked at this and they can actually work out that it's um, all the hieroglyphics have been put in over the top of it. And as they've eroded back, you've sort of got two images superimposing and overlapping. And they've even broken down those shapes to say, oh, actually, this is that symbol. And then this is the, this other symbol that and we know both of these symbols are both in the alphabet. And they overlap each other, and they've made that shape, and it's just a straight. It's interesting how there's there's one or two there though in close proximity to each other. It, I mean, it is it is isn't yeah. it? It is. But if you if you it get a load of Scrabble, you if, you get a load of, could... if you get if you get a load of Scrabble tiles, if you got two thousand Scrabble tiles, and you throw them all up in the air, you're going to get some weird words, aren't you? Who's done a word search, and then you finished it? Not a word search. Uh, yeah, sorry, password. No, a word search. Who's done a word search? And on, a, on the back of a kid's menu and you finish find, uh-huh. finding carrot and burger and pizza and you just start looking for rude words. <laughs> and you go, oh, look, someone's just done that. There's a rude word there. You know, it, <laughs> and you can make you can make things out of weird, out of shapes, can't you? No, I, I agree, because that, that, would, that would be like a sort of like a scientist uh, point of view. But the one thing like I do know for a fact, and I've read a lot of uh, Graham Hancock's literature is like, the the uh, the Egyptians were more advanced than we 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 give them credit for. So I think a lot of this technology could have been they've invented this technology because we, we're under the impression they built the pyramids with copper chisels and chicken bones and just manpower and obviously a, a, a rolling wheel. It's just, it's, it's a little, I, I don't I think I read some stat where it would, if we did that today it would cost it would take two thousand men between uh, 10 to 15 years at a cost of something like £10 billion to do that. And it it just shows that they must have had a little bit more technology than what we've given them credit for, or that we, we've yet to find. Cool. All right, let's let's uh, let's get some more serious. You've, you sent us a couple of stories, didn't you, Carlos? Um, yeah. Evidence per- of time travellers. Yeah. yeah, this is, this is crucial evidence. 
crucial evidence. So, you, but you, you, you're you're a backer of these stories, aren't you? You think oh, you think that I, the answer is time I, travel, I, yeah? I, I believe in time travel. I believe in time travel. Right. Just to uh, just to clarify, just obviously, uh, I keep it short, sweet, and concise. Um, there's a famous story about William Cantalo from Howard part of the world, uh, from down Southampton. He was an engineer, a prolific inventor. He had also had two sons who were engineers. And he was also, I think he got himself into a bit of a, a debate or a legal battle with uh, a guy called Thomas Edison because William Cantello said he invented the light bulb, but obviously uh, Thomas Edison's got the credit, but actually he didn't invent it. He actually bought it off someone else, the, the patent. Well, that's just to show us who William Cantello was. It was, a, it was a prolific inventor. And then he came up with this idea with a, a rapid machine uh, gun. Um, it wasn't called a machine gun, but today we call it a machine gun. And he showed his sons, and his sons go, wow, this is going to revolutionize war. And there's one thing we know for sure is war makes money because when you're not buying one unit, you're probably buying thousands or hundreds of thousands of units across across the world or across the country. And so he came across this uh, invention, the machine gun. Uh, it wasn't called a machine gun, but it was a rapid-fire machine. And he sort of he was going to say, this is the one that's going to make us famous. It's going to make us rich. And he goes down to his sort of his, his, his cellar where he works. And his son's followed him down there. And he walked in some, some kind of room. And it sort of like a flash went off. And he disappeared. His father disappeared through this room. And his sons sort of thought it was weird and just followed it. But they couldn't find his dad anywhere. And he never comes back. And William Cantello disappears. And then much, much, much later, uh, there's a gentleman called Maxim Harim, who's the Maxim, the guy behind the Maxim machine gun. He comes up with the, practically the same design as William Cantello did. It's literally slightly it's a photocopy. And that's where the story begins where, and I think, excuse me, I think Andy provided some pictures where William Cantello, a picture of William Cantello and a picture of Maxim Harim. They look quite similar. I'm not saying they're identical, but they look quite similar. And the, the sons start investigating, paying for private eyes to investigate it. And there's a famous story when the two sons meet um, Maxim Harim at Waterloo train station. And they were saying, father, father, Maxim Harim sort of turns around, starts um, sort of moving away with the train. And the, the kids are saying, but you're my father, you're our father. And he says, I'm not your father. And by the way, I was never born in the Isle of Man. And that's what proves because nobody knew that William Cantello was born in the, the Isle of Man apart from his son and his wife. It's not something he talked about. So that added more uh, weight to the story that Maxim Harim was William Cantello. And I think it was so, it's this, I, I read about this one was about 12, 13 year old boy. I think the BBC did a story on it about 10, 15 years ago. Uh, but that's that's one of the stories. That's a famous story, which got the attention of obviously the BBC and lots of story writers have wrote about it as well. So that's a famous story I provided to the uh, to Andy and uh, yourself. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I, I read into that. I didn't go into as much detail as as you've just explained, but I, I did hear about the the train station. Could could it not be a case that this guy, who I believe was a bit of a philanderer, decided to up sticks, uh, leave his wife and go away with a young girl and leave his life behind, much like many, many men do in, in this day and age, to be honest. Um, yeah, and when he has been idea. spotted, 
Yeah, when he has been spotted at the, at the train station, he's, he's obviously denied that. He may have recognised his sons and, and denied who he was, um, you know, just, just to get away. There are plenty of, uh, of gentlemen in this day and age that uh, have up sticks uh, <laughs> uh, and, and left their wives and, and things, especially if, if they're on the verge of a lottery win or they just, you know, yeah. just won a load of money and, yeah. um, and off they go and set up a new life somewhere by themselves with a, with a young mistress. That this many young men thing that Matthew keeps saying, that's not in reference to any of us three, by the way. <laughs> no, uh, uh, I wish, I wish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, I mean, I, I remember when you told me about this story uh, last year, Carlos, I, I had a bit of a look at it because we, we knew time travel was going to come on. I had a bit yeah. of a look at it back then and I refreshed my memory again the other day. And the, uh, the accounts that I read um, there wasn't actually any sort of discussion on the train station. They they ran to the train station, but the train was pulling away. There was no sort of discussion. Yeah, there's, there's a train. There was that. a train that was pulling away, but there's another account where the the sons say, "As he was pulling away, uh, leave me alone." And I wasn't born in the Isle of Man. And yeah, that's another doc. You don't it, know it, it, how it, much you don't know how much gets yeah. added to it over the years, do you? Exactly. Uh, that's uh, there's but, one thing, which is one piece of evidence, and th- this doesn't. Uh, 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 implied time travel, but it, it adds sort of uh, weight to the story. His um, William Cantello's bank account was still active after he was dead. Yes, you could say it could have been his mistress, it could have been his wife, no, it could have been his son. Yeah, we don't know when he died, yeah. but after he went missing. So, I mean that that makes sense, right? So, uh, but but also, you know, he could have been he could have been kidnapped, and people were force the details of his bank account and we're just using a bank account. but the, i mean there's lots of reasons why he could have gone missing but just 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 this is just my take on it so you're absolutely right about him and um you know he, he apparently according to his sons because that's all we've got to go on he was working on this early machine gun build yeah and the like story a was machine fire yeah yeah, he would go it. to his basement and the sound of gunshots could be heard by his family and neighbors and stuff like that um the thing about him walking into a light, don't know where that came from. First time I've heard that. But the, the, again, the 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 version I've got is uh, when I when I was looking is that he left his house one day and never returned. So like you know, I'm going off to sell this machine gun. We're gonna be famous, kids. When I come back, he packed his bag, packed a bag, a traveling bag or whatever, and that was it. He was never seen again. So yeah, I mean, they don't know when he actually went missing because. Obviously, going back to the 1880s, which is when this was, it's it's very difficult to to have paper records and travel records and all that sort of stuff and have access to it, other than maybe bank records maybe kept back in the day. So yeah, he might have been living off his bank or clearing it out, or he'd met someone, or yeah, just exactly as our Matt said. The thing that makes it the time travel story is that then you've got uh, Sir Hiram Maxim. Yep. Turns up 30 years later, November 1916, just around about World War One time, isn't it? Just after World War One, um, and he he's got this invention, the machine gun, and it's and it's not just an invention. It's it's he's called it the Maxim machine gun, right? And he's credited as the inventor of the rapid firing belt-fed machine gun, basically, which bears his name. Um, one thing that throws doubt on the old going into a cellar, going into the basement and 
firing a rapid firing machine gun is the fact that gunpowder back at that time even the gunpowder in 1916 30 plus years later uh 35 around years later the, the gunpowder at that time produced far too much smoke far too much smoke to be used for testing in a closed environment like a cellar you i mean you set off two or three muskets back you know in a cellar back then you just wouldn't be able to see anything never mind a belt driven machine unless he had air conditioning you might have invented air conditioning as well so that that throws that throws a little bit of doubt for me on the whole machine gun in the cellar type thing but you never know another thing is when maxin came over he was he was talking to a lot of people so there's there's there is document uh, documented uh, sighting of the the daughter. I can't remember what the daughter's name was, but the daughter of a guy called Philip Barron. He was another engineer in Southampton, uh, and he was invent he'd invented some sort of new propeller for ships that was more efficient or something or other. But she is reported to have said that Maxim when she when she because she warned her dad off talking to Maxim because she said Maxim has got a reputation for brain sucking, as in. He, uh, you know, he'll have a chat with you ideas. Ideas, yeah. steal your idea. Yeah. Is that what's happened? Is that what happened to Cantello? And he maybe uh, got bumped off or something again for money. You know, Maxim's a clever man. I'm not saying Maxim bumped well, him off, but just just to add to, to to add to that story because there's a famous story when because uh, uh, Cantello is not say it's a, it's a common name, but there's a Cantello which uh, a member of the William Cantello family moved to America. And then Maxim Harim saying, uh, talking about, there's a guy who's pretending to be me and trying to steal my ideas. Uh, in his autobiography, Maxim complained of a double who was going around the US impersonating him. Was it Contello? Was it Maxim's own twin brother? He had a twin yes. brother. Did you know that? Who looked yeah, very brother. Similar. I didn't know his twin. Also, yeah. He also supported an enormous Victorian beard. So yeah, they all, they all tended to look the same back yeah, then. That yeah. was the way, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, looking at the looking at the photos, I mean, the one that gets banded round is 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 uh, is the one that's just of the two of them. Yes, uh, and you can see that Maxim's obviously a, a lot. You know, the fo- this photo is a lot. Yeah, because there's about twenty, thirty years apart there. You can tell yeah. at least. Then the then the last known, I think it might be the last known f- photo of Contello, because obviously he he disappeared thirty years earlier, and. In that photo, you could say, yeah, looks about 30 years more younger, you know. Um, you, I mean, if you look at the eyes, there's similar, similarities. Yeah, but the way they slant. Yeah. yeah, but in my opinion, Cantello's got larger ears. Maxim's got a more uh, bulbous nose. Uh, Cantello's receding more than Maxim, even though the Maxim photo is of supposedly of the same person 30 years on as he had hair transplant, you know. Um, they've both got large Victorian beards, which uh, disfigure, you know, not disfigures, but it hides the actual true features of what's underneath the lower part of your face. I did a Google search on both the guys, and uh, and I managed so on the on the where, where you've got the four of them, it's Maxim on the left, old guy, young guy, and then you've got yeah. uh, Contello on the right, the last known picture, and a younger picture of Contello, even though it's a clearer image. And I, I just just a quick Google image search to to find those, and I put them together, thinking that you could compare the younger one of Maxim with the older one of Contello because they're more the same age. But again, top and bottom, 
they have more similarities than than left and right. I think again the same yeah. thing with the ears and stuff. So for me, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't match. And um, I think that the younger ver- version of Contello looks a lot like um, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> it looks like Colonel oh, Sanders no. a bit. Doesn't it? No, the young one, the, the bottom bottom right picture. Colin Farrell. Col- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you don't think it looks like Colin Farrell, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe Colin Farrell went back in time, went into a cellar, <laughs> disappeared, <laughs> married someone else, changed his name to Maxim, and he's now got a machine. Oh, oh, oh! oh. You, you joke, yeah. but what's that film called? What uh, Colin Farrell <laughs> did, where they predict the future? What's it called? Minority Report. Where he's, yeah. he, he, he can see, is it yeah, Minority yeah, yeah. Report? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, he's, 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 he's the bad guy in Minority Report, isn't he? Yeah, see, yeah, you don't, but yeah, you're true. <laughs> don't forget you can leave us a review on iTunes and we will mention it on the show, or send us an audio message to get your voice on air. You can ask us or say anything you like. Check out the links on our social media for our merch store. Each purchase will contribute 50 pence towards supporting the podcast. Also subscribing to our YouTube and Twitch channels or sharing this podcast with friends is very much appreciated. I'm glad you've moved on to films because there's some good sci-fi, there's some good time travel films. <laughs> oh, there's some brilliant time travel I tell you what, this would make a great film, this. Uh, the BBC did a documentary on it, but I think it would be a great film, this, a really good film. So, yeah, anyway, I think we're probably going to call that one. Uh, well, again, Carlos, you, you, you're... Your, oh, I'm yeah, convinced. I'm convinced. You're convinced. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think you convinced me or, me or Matt there. <laughs> I think Matt. I think. I, I think Matt's convinced. Sorry, I, I don't see where the time travel element comes in at all with that one. To be honest. Yeah, it could just be a guy, like you say, he's run off, changed his name. The same yeah, idea created right. twice by two different people. That's that's the bit where the idea was practically identical. Not um, not even that. Why couldn't it be that William has just become Maxim? He's he's just he's gone off, disappeared, started a new life, new name, new money, knowing that he's going to make a lot of money from this invention. With his sixteen-year-old girl, he was with. <laughs> yeah. Project Pegasus, then Carlos. That was the other one. So I mean, this yeah. one, the, the, there's a guy called Andrew Basiago. Basiago, and he's knocking around now, isn't he? So yeah, he's yeah, still around. Yeah. There must be loads of evidence that he's uh he's he's some sort of time traveler. What's what's he up to then? Isn't he going for president of the United States? That's what I saw, yeah. There was, <laughs> yes, there was, there was a rumour, yeah, there was a rumour flying out, and then someone says, well, if you're the president, you should know what's, what the outcome is because you can go into the future. <laughs> Somebody said to him. There's a bit of history with the uh, the American president being a bit of a, a nutcase, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that goes right back to the, uh, the conversation before we started the podcast, which will be in the bloopers for the listeners. <laughs> so uh, feel free to listen to that to get your trump fix but uh i'll just uh, lead on this one again the uh the andrew basiago basiago spelled b-a-s-i-a-g-o if i'm if i mispronounce that i apologize i'm assuming it's italian i think and uh, so how this story comes about is uh, andrew uh, said he works for the cia and darpa and they he used to and he was probably they say he was sort of like groomed from a young age because he had this special psychic ability from the age of five six years old he's groomed to have this kind of special gift where he could actually use telekinesis and he had special powers which were made him stand out amongst other children of his age 
and he was developed and in how he was told he was working for DARPA and the CIA. And he, the famous story, there's a couple of famous stories he talks about. He, he went back in time to watch the Gettysburg uh, War. And also he was taken back to watch the, crucifix, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Obviously, they're the ones he could talk about. and then But the ones he couldn't talk about is the ones where the CIA helps, where they were, getting, they were getting him to sort of like, I won't say uh, uh, remote access, where you can just sort of like, remote access into different parts of the world without you physically being there. He talks about all that. And that's the, he's done lectures. I've watched many videos of it, uh, him talking about it. I've, uh, I've watched, obviously, red articles, and I've seen him talk about himself. Isn't he a senator right now? And is he is he not, is he maybe the nut job that signed that bit of paper that went in on um, about COVID-19 to say release evidence on aliens? <laughs> <laughs> that I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know about that. I've I've been watching. Uh, I did a bit of research on this and saw. I've been listening to him and. Uh, He's on Facebook as we speak now. On on, on YouTube. Um, yeah, it's something to do with um, these bases on the east coast and west coast of America. Um, this gateway they they come up with to to teleport across, and then they started from the teleportation. They went back in time as well, or yeah. forward in time. And the history of this started, isn't it? There was this guy, and there was um, somebody, somebody else who worked on uh, on the same project who he's got in touch with recently. Um, was it, yeah, Matt, what, weren't these teleports based on some sort of energy Tesla discovered or something, apparently? That's what I remember from reading about it. Yeah, Tesla was involved. Uh, or they say it was based on Tesla inventions or, or powertrains. Um, but the, the thing I've, I've got an issue with, with regard to this teleportation and time travel, is when this when this guy's saying it all started happening from 1940 or just after the Second World War, uh, can you imagine the computations required, even if this technology was possible, to, to get somebody from one location to another location on Earth, and even more computations required to get from that particular location to another location but back in time uh, now there was stories about you know lots of people were used um, from southern america to to test this out and send these people through there and a lot of people died um, before they started to send him through this this um, teleportation device and wasn't he like eight years old matt because, yeah, because he, kids could cope with the pressure of time travel according to this guy yeah, that's that's how he was groomed at a young age. Yeah, but it was his father that, w- that was involved in the project who then got him into it, and the same happened with another one. Uh, this this other guy that he's met up with. Now I'm sure it was his uncle in in this case that was just casually taking him at eight years old into this top secret um, base where they were teleporting people through time and space. Um, would they trust an eight-year-old just to go in there? I mean, could you imagine an eight-year-old being taken into um, Area Fifty-One? <laughs> Every, everyone uh, back then might had a had a day where you take your kids to work. <laughs> Seriously, and, uh, you know, and, and if time travel was possible, and this guy's spouting all the rubbish now, why has nobody gone back in time and shut this guy up before he started to spout? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Wasn't he? Surely the CIA don't want this guy. If this is true, the CIA don't want this guy, given the the amount of detail he has online about the projects that they were running. 
So if, if time tra- travel was possible, why, why have they not just made this guy disappear? Why didn't they go back to when he started putting this online, the day before he put it online, and do and, something and, about it, and make him disappear yeah. like other people that invent these zero-energy machines disappear? It's a good, it's a good, it's a good point that uh, Matt. I never thought about that, but then I think about this. He probably wasn't the only person who was being trialed and doing this, but maybe there was another twenty, thirty people. But because these other twenty nine, thirty probably put stories out there, but it's not as flamboyant. The one thing I do, I, I will uh, take on board is sometimes these people add a little bit of juice to the uh, story, so. It's oh, all, this guy's added a lot of yeah, detail, because, hasn't he? I mean, exactly. Because so, it's like... He's, he's it, got so much detail, it's unreal. And that, and that's why I can't believe this guy's not been shut up. He's he's coming out with all kinds of embellishments about what's happened. The fact, so, the fact that he's in a government position is so scary as well, isn't it? And he, yeah. He's, he's even claimed that Barack Obama was one of the other 20 kids... Um, which the government had to deny. <laughs> I've not seen. I've not seen that one. I fucking have to look that one. Thank you for that. writing that one down. I didn't know that. I one. saw that. One. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, one. That, that had to be denied in, in, <laughs> in you know a few years ago publicly that Barack Obama wasn't a time traveling guy who, who spent time on Mars. Did you also see that he went back to the assassination of uh, which president was it? Was it Lincoln? Oh, Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, he, he went back to uh, Lincoln. He, he said he, he said he went back there multiple times. And in one occasion, he even met himself, and he thought his cover was going to get blown. Yes, because he's seen himself as a little kid, didn't he, or something? As well, a kid. As, well, yeah. well, he was he was he was always as a kid because apparently he was yeah. he was eight years old when this was happening, and that's why he was, you know, he could get into places and not be questioned because it was just a little kid so running around. That would mean reincarnation exists, then, wouldn't it? No, no, it just no. It, it means if time travel exists, you go back to a time. Then you come back to the future. Then you go. Then tomorrow you go. I'm going to go back to 1816 again, or whatever the date is. You go back to exactly the same date, just like um, Marty does in Back to the Future. He, he's at the uh, Under the Sea Ball twice. Once he's on stage. Once he's in the rafters, uh, dropping stuff on the lights and stuff, isn't he? Yes. But talking about going back. I mean, he says, "I went back and I met myself." Right. Uh, there's a guy called Dr. E. Brown. On the subject of meeting your future or past self, the encounter could create a time paradox, the result of which could cause a chain reaction that would be, unravel the very fabric of time and space continuum and destroy the entire universe. Right, yeah, but that sounds a lot like Emmett Brown, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, it is, Matt. It's, it's Doc Emmett Brown, yeah. You're absolutely right. But I'll, I'll take his word over anyone. <laughs> yeah, let, let's take a step backward on this, guys. Right. Go. So... I was I mentioned earlier about the the computations required, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this started happening after after Second World War. We had just invented the first computer, which was the size of a house to to do twenty calculations a day. How many calculations would you need to do in 1950, 1955, and how would they do that in order to get the you know the computations right in order to move somebody through space and time? And consider this, right? I want to go back in time by one hour, but I want to stay in the same building that the time machine is in. Even if the time travel was possible, the building would not be there once I'd arrived. It would be approximately five, sorry, 56,000 miles away, the speed that the Earth goes around the sun. And that isn't even taken into account that the sun is travelling around the Milky Way at half a million miles an hour. Yeah. And, how, and how fast the Milky Way itself is moving. How, how did they do that with no computers? 
it's a good it's a good question. I've got an answer for that because I've thought about that and uh, a while back is you you've solved the math, Carlos, have you? I've so, I've done the mathematical equations here. <laughs> no, okay. We, we 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 could we could give uh, Jesus Christ uh, a we could try, take say if we give Jesus Christ and his apostles a motorbike with a full engine full full tank of uh, full tank of petrol and the keys and leave it there with him they would know they would gradually ride the bike at some point they would ride the bike but they wouldn't know how to, how the bike was created where we got these instruments where the petrol or diesel was taken from so I see where you're going. So we could have discovered some kind of machine, whereas because Bob Lazar talks about um, when he was working for Area 51, because uh, you alluded to Area 51 before, that he was looking for a, he was working on a craft, which it was some kind of archaeological dig. So we could have found some, let's call it a gateway. We could have found some kind of stargate or a gateway. We know what it does, but we just don't know how it was created or how it came to be in there. So that's the, the analogy I'd probably give on that one. Right. So, so they've just found this this gateway, and they made another one halfway across the world. Oh, there could be different gateways out. around the world. Where there's rumours, as it were, all these like these gateways in Iraq, these gateways immediately in... near, near air bases or, or military bases in America. Or that, or maybe, <laughs> or, may, or maybe that's where, or maybe that's where they've built the air bases near these stargates. Because, because if you look at it, all these. Uh, Historically, all our UFO sightings, when I say our, the ones what are like hundreds of thousands, which are documented every year, they're always near air bases. They're always near. So maybe it could be some kind of portal or some kind of energy point, which is attracting people. I'm not saying that's the answer, but it would add uh, validity to the point where we've like we give Jesus Christ, or if we give Christopher Columbus a submarine, he'd probably go in it and he probably might start the engine, but he wouldn't know how it was created. Yeah, yeah. Or if you give if you give someone an iPhone thirty years ago, yeah, a hundred years ago, yeah, you don't have to go that far back with technology, and it and it's like, oh, I don't understand that. Three old kids can use an iPhone. Yes, three old kids can use an iPhone, can't they? But they don't know how to make one. So the thing is, the the answer to your question is probably not something we created. We've probably somewhat, uh, stumbled across it. We found one. Okay. Yeah. What about all the guys on on Mars? Um, <laughs> Apparently, there are three types of alien on Mars that he's met. What do, um, do you know the brands or the, the makes of them or what are species, if you want to call um, them? Is it Mari Mari? Mari? Okay. Um, oh, I, I, sorry, I didn't. I didn't write these. Did down, you say guys, Maui Maui? That's that's that. The, Mari, Ma- is that the same name no. as the the cigar shaped what come into our solar system about three years ago and come out Maui Maui? No, it's Mari Mari, as in as in Mars. Okay. Uh, there's one called Mary, Testra Mary or something okay. like that. And there's another, there's another one that when you land, you've got to be careful because they might eat you. <laughs> so, so yeah, he was basically saying that one of them is descendants of Earth. Okay. Um, and a bit and a bit about ten thousand years ago, uh, we, we kind of split. Um, a bit like the Neanderthals. Okay. And and they're on Mars. Uh, and now they're similar to us. They're the humanoid. There's another one which you've got to be careful around because it's like reptilians. Uh, walking in, you know, like reptilians. A, a cat walking. He didn't say that. No, they said they're all humanoid. Okay. Um, but the kind of bit like uh, a, a cat would walk in front of a dog. You've got to be very careful and keep your eyes behind you, otherwise you might get eaten. Okay. And and there was other there was other monsters on Mars that that would eat you. But all of these 
all of these places or all of these people this million people he said are all underground so we can't see them with our satellites um yeah. makes total sense to me it's just abs- this guy is for me is a lunatic who's got some power crazy man i think we i think we can definitely call this one yeah i i, I believe it is true it's true definitely true I think 100%. 100%, Matt. Yeah, you in agreement with me? It's 100% bollocks? <laughs> Is the guy a lunatic? Probably. I don't know him, but do I believe the story behind it? Yes, I believe the story behind it. One last thought. Why do these um, time-travelling machines all have to look like a Japanese Tory? And that's how this guy describes it. And did you know what a Japanese Tory is? No, I don't what's, want what's, to know. What's, what's a Japanese Tory? What is it? You know, when, you know, when you go to a, see a Japanese temple. Yes, yeah. It's the it's the archway that you see at the gate. So ah, it's like a, right, a cross okay. piece with the two legs, right? Uh, or, or curved arches that go in. And, and the way this guy describes it, he's just off like a film set, right? Uh, and apparently, now this is another thing. This thing is plugged in like it's plugged in with a, a normal uh, laptop plug. <laughs> that's all. That's all it needed. A two a two pin US plug. A two-pin US plug oh. is all is all that plugs this into the uh, to the power source. Before we end on a high, I was going to discuss the Simpsons, but quickly just back on maths. Oh, I've got one last bit. I've got one last bit. Go on, go on, Matt. Oh, sorry. Well, well, time itself doesn't run at the same speed as does it. It's frame specific. So if if I'm travelling on an airplane, I'm actually and I, and I land, I'm actually younger than a than you are. If you, if you know what I mean. If yes. you didn't, it, it's 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 speed and gravity specific, isn't it? So the it's people impact. on the so the people on the international space station are technically two seconds in the future because of the speed. They travel at sixteen thousand miles oh, an no. hour. They're two seconds they're, into the future. They're no, they're behind. They're just aging less than us. Sorry, so they're aging. Sorry, two seconds less than us. Aging two seconds less than us. That's what I meant to say. So depending on the speed that we're going around the world, around the, the sun, and everything else. Time is one thing for us, but it's not possible to say, well, what's, what's happening now on Alpha Centauri because their time is different to our time. But again, that's just that's a trick of speed, though, isn't it? Oh, we've t- yeah, it is. We've tested that. Back in back when I was about 16, I watched... Um, Carl Sagan, University. Now, the, uh, the thing they have on at Christmas, the Royal Institution Christmas Lectures, oh, okay. they actually proved it on there. They had two atomic clocks, and they timed them and stopped them at the right time. They, d- they don't stop at the same time, but you can you can see the difference between the two clocks. And then they sent one around the world on a plane, and they kept one in the office, and they brought the other one back, and it was like God knows how many milliseconds behind. Um, so it, it is, you know, by travelling fast, it is possible not to age, uh, and therefore you can travel into the future once you come back to where you started from. Again, because that's frame specific um you know if, if, if you don't come back to where you started then you don't actually get that time travel element and, and also this the speeds you would have to reach to make any sort of difference and then there's no way to, to try and travel backwards it, it, it's a it's it's a trick of speed let's end on a high anyway let's go so simpsons get a lot of credit for predicting the yes. future, don't they that's the, the famous one is the uh, they did the uh uh, Donald Trump, didn't they? Did the, the uh, that, Twin that was Towers? First example, Donald Trump presidency was uh, predicted in season 11. 
Bart to the Future was the episode where Disney buys 20th Century Fox. Um, that they predicted that in 1980, sorry, 1998, and it happened in 2017. They predicted smartwatches. So in, in 1995, which is 20 years before the Apple Watch, and about 15 so they, years. So before, Star, Star Trek, though, didn't they? <laughs> uh, they didn't put it on the wrist, though, did well, they? They didn't put it on the wrist, no, but they predicted mobile, mobile phones. phones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but okay, so Star Trek, yeah, they were they were good, and it was their job to go. Let's. What would we have in the future? But Simpsons. I mean, there's. You can Google it, and you can go. Oh, the the 15 times they got it right. Uh, predictions that, that Simpsons got right. The 30 times that that Simpsons got predictions right. There's loads of these articles. Yeah, they got the things like they got. There was what those famous one they got with the the Ebola outbreak, didn't they, in Africa and stuff like that. Yeah. Those yeah, famous, yeah. famous ones. Um, do you think that's just? Uh, I'm, I'm not saying it's a time driver. Do you think it's very, very creative writers? Hand there. Well, they, yeah, they come up with ten thousand ideas, don't they? And they put so many in the show, and then so many, so many might come off. It's a bit like Nostradamus, isn't it? And you can affect the future by what you say now. So they come up with an idea, which you know, Donald Trump is going to be prime um, uh, president of America, but then that plants something in somebody's mind. So when he does come and, and go for the presidency. <laughs> You know, it's already there that, oh, yeah, uh, you know, we could vote for him and get him in. Let's wrap up. Matt, we'd like to thank you for coming on the podcast. Is there anything you would like to plug? For example, where can our listeners find out more about you if they wanted to? Totally optional. You don't have to say, you know, like your Twitter handle or something like that. Have you got a a book coming out, um, Matt? A book or anything like that or a novel? Yeah, how to play pool. How to play pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so going back to uh, Pool King of Warrington right at the top of the interview, uh, yeah, he's a very good pool player. Uh, last but not least, is there one single fact or theory from any of our previous episodes, assuming you've listened to any of them, that you'd want to set either myself, Carlos, or Nick straight on? Yeah, definitely. Um, well... Okay, this is your this is your two minute section. You can say what you want, and we're just going to shut up and we'll we'll yep. end the interview there. But go go for it, Matt. Okay, well, well let's talk about the twin towers, uh, the good old battleground that you guys had some time ago. Well, it just so happens that Andrew, your brother, works in this line of business and is one of the key people in keeping the world safe when it comes to high rise buildings. So basically, the twin towers collapsed. Now, if you consider a high-rise building and how they're constructed, this one in particular, which was constructed with a skeleton, which ran through the centre of the building uh, where all the elevator shafts were, and then the outside of the building was kind of bolted onto that. Um, So the way a high-rise building and the the construction is protected is utilising a fire intumescent paint. So all of the metalwork that holds that building together has this coating on there Now, this coating is applied, can be as little as one to two millimeters in thickness. So you don't actually see much uh, of the product when it's when it's installed. And it's just like a paint as as if you would paint the outside of a a door frame. But when it's um, when it's subjected to heat, this intumescent paint does as it says, and it intumesces to approximately between 18 and 100 mil thick. And it turns into like a, a fire foam, if you like. And that insulates that metal from um, any of the heat and therefore should keep it you know, structurally sound. Now, unfortunately, 
they're not designed to take the impact of a, an aircraft full of you know 30,000 kilograms of, of fuel and they're not designed normally for hydrocarbon fuel um, attack they're normally um, a different type which goes up to about a thousand degrees when they're, when they're fire tested uh, whereas a hydrocarbon would normally be 1400 degrees 1600 degrees um, so these, these products uh, would have worked in a normal office fire with um, the calculation of the, the heat output of the, the office furniture and so on, but they're not designed to take such a massive amount of fuel on board, um, which would have been potentially two to 3,000 degrees that fire at its peak. So they're also not designed um, to take the impact of an aircraft, which when it comes through a window of a building and hits this metal core, it's going to actually knock off the vast majority of, uh, of that paint coating in the first instance. So it's, not, it's no longer there to, to do its job and protect the building. Combine that with the, you know, the twice the amount of heat it's designed to, uh, to take, you are going to get softening of that metal structure, that, that steel core, fairly rapidly. Um, and it's going to overcome its, its natural strength. We, we do tests uh, at our laboratory where we, we measure the strength of the steel with this coating on. Um, and you can see quite clearly when we when we do the test runs without the coating that the metal bends uh, and that bends at um, up to 1,200 degrees, even though it doesn't become really molten. So this plane's hit the building. You've got a massive fire. You've got half of the paint missing from the from the, uh, the girders um, and, the, and the steel structure. And it's softened and it's collapsed and it's collapsed from the inside because that's where the structure of the building was. It was all built around the core. Um, so as soon as that core melts, then, the you know, the 50,000 tons above that, that's, you know, putting pressure down on this on this steelwork. It's just going to go down and, and go down in the way it did, like a cake. Uh, and the weight of the 50,000 tons is going to take out each and every row below it as it falls and as it gathers momentum and as it gathers more weight so the, the way it collapsed was absolutely as you would expect i just i just took myself off mute there because i wanted to really listen to that because obviously you're you are you can we could actually safely say you are an expert in this subject that's why i, I put myself on mute i just listened to it thank yeah, you we, we do we, we have the world's largest um fire lab who, who test this structure we are the busiest fire lab in the world that actually um, looks after intramescent paints and protection of high-rise. Um, so I've been doing that for 23 years. So I know a little bit about what happened in the Twin Towers. So, yeah, thanks for coming on, Matt. Uh, really like that. I really appreciate that, Matt. I think I, I think I befriended the wrong um, uh, brother. I should have been your friend, not Andy's <laughs> friend. <laughs> Stick around for some bloopers and outtakes. And if you have enjoyed this, please give us a like and subscribe. Oh, yeah, we could add the bloopers back in. I've missed the bloopers. I went for a piss. <laughs> I forgot to put myself on mute. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> but, uh... Just started hitting the record button, Carlos, because that might make it in the bloopers, that bit. <laughs> I did notice that, Andy. Oh, yeah, that, I thought it was a conspiracy. I thought that was because I thought uh, I thought the, the FBI would fucking shutting us down and stuff like that. I'm definitely getting an echo again, you know. I'm all right. Oh, oh yeah, I got, I got, I got an echo there. That, I got an echo. That's gonna, that's gonna annoy me when I'm editing. If I can hear the echo. It's happened to me before. Okay. Here's what I found. Oh shit, Siri. Go on, that's it. <laughs>
You'll also notice that Carlos's sound waves are massive, he, and he always has been. I don't know why. He just because my voice is just so powerful. I'm like Donald Trump. <laughs> <It's> just. <laughs> and are you banned on Twitter as well, then? No, I'm not banned on Twitter. They won't silence me. They can't silence two gods. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I have got just before we start. I have been getting into a lot of trouble because I am. I'm not saying I'm pro Trump, but I don't like the way all these big tech companies have just shut him down and banned him from all platforms. And Carlos, I'll say one thing. His his one tweet's just got four people killed. Is that a good thing? A fifth one, because uh, uh, but the problem is uh, how many of the then you can say about other tweets where tweets of uh, both sides because obviously what he's done is 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 galvanised. It's bullshit. It's lies. Oh, some 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 of it's <laughs> bullshit, but the thing is, some of it's bullshit. But I think it's some like the way I look at it, if someone's bullshit, you shut them down with intellect, like like Tommy Robinson. Tommy Robinson, what? I remember when, just I know before we start, I remember Tom Robinson that he was talking a lot of shite. And what, um, I can't remember that guy, that uh, rap artist and um, Akala, I think he's called Akala or something. Instead of saying, oh, don't shut up, listen to it, he just completely destroyed him with intellect. And Tommy Robinson looked stupid. So what you do is destroy these people with intellect. That's what I, I've always thought, destroy them with intellect. The trouble is, Carlos, Twitter isn't that sort of platform. You're not having a one to one debate with someone. Uh, and and all the Trump supporters or whoever can just run with what he said what, and ignore all the other what, stuff. What which space is the world the got into when he's the most powerful man in the world and he's got no intellect whatsoever? He's dangerous in every respect. It, I agree. And I agree. Lie lie I, lie I, I agree. I agree. If if they are stamping down, just just like YouTube uh, did on like David Icke's video and some other things, if they're stamping down on known bullshit, even if. 10% of it is true. Even if 50% of it is true, doesn't matter. What they're doing is they're stopping that 50% complete and utter bullshit, and they know it's complete and utter bullshit, and it's the right thing to do because there are too many idiots in the world, especially in America. Sorry, America, but just looking yeah, at pictures true. of people running... What that, What about that guy that's died that is tasting that himself in the bollocks? No, yeah. no. Some guy, arm to the hill. There's a picture of him on the internet holding two semi, looks like semi or machine gun type things. Um, has died of a heart attack in these protests because he accidentally tasered himself in the balls. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm, sorry, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I, I, I literally saw it. This people like that don't deserve to be alive. You know what I mean? Anyway, all that stuff's brilliant, and it's going to go in the bloopers. That conversation, I think. In the out. Matt, this is the bit where Andy and I have these conversations, but sometimes you get a third uh, input and it makes me and Andy digress into other directions. It's good. That's why I love speaking to Andy all the time and love the podcast. Yeah, Carlos, after our conversations, I just cry. That's not what I wanted to say. (laughs) (laughs) Cry cry with laughter or or, or cry with love because you miss me so much. (laughs) <laughs> I think, I think the, tears, the tears of pain and sorrow I think <laughs> we don't sound too alike do we Carlos are you going to be able do you think punters will tell me and Matt oh yeah you sound completely different completely uh, Matt sounds like he's got intellect you don't 